In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I am your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 289. Yes. Have you ever had him on? Is he someone you'd consider? I would consider, but he—he's from from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, he's been at comic cons and things like that. I should, I should try to reach out to him. He—he he did a song about um, Wednesdays, picking up his comics. Yes, that's right. A lot of a lot of uh, comic shops here would have his CD at like the front, at the cash really? register. Yeah, and he'd be at like baseball games and things like that, just sort of freestyling. And uh, yeah, there's been. See, it's funny how it, it, he's become international. That's cool. Well, he follows the omniverse. Does he really? What? Yeah. You got to get a blue check now. On the omniverse. <laughs> That's the point. Now that the Marvel Marvel bit's gone, right? That is a possibility. Mm. That's cool. Sorry, I'm just taking yeah. a sip of my drink. That's cool. Right. Um, I was thinking about what uh, we were talking about last time and what I had heard you on Geekable podcast. I think it was something I listened to on there where we were talking about post-Secret Wars Marvel era and how you're starting to get into reading that stuff. Have you read anything post-Secret Wars or are you completely going in fresh? Some. Um some bits like uh, i could probably list them on one hand that the 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 overlap of the silver surfer okay yeah and slot run um uh infinity wars yeah the, the crossover event yeah um vision by tom king yep savage avengers the first story arc yep i remember your post for that <laughs> Uh, not a I fan I think oh god it was one of the worst things I've ever read wow I haven't read it thought about it I would it. actually say don't they're releasing an omnibus I know this year and I did pre-order it and then I read those five issues and cancelled it straight away yeah that's the good thing about having the apps to just or, or to you know test out a book that you're yeah. going into blind especially like especially post an era that you weren't necessarily a fan of. Uh, what's funny is that as I was thinking about all of those about that, and I'm like, I, I've definitely read post Secret Wars comics, but then I I thought about what to recommend to you, and I'm like, I don't know if I just because I read it, I don't I don't think there's anything that I would want him to delve into except the stuff that you've already tried. Yeah. Oh, Immortal Hulk. Have you, did you try that? Yes. Did you like it? I did like it, but I also was reading it because it was the book to read. And it's like, did you read it? Did you? People were always like, have you read The New Hulk? Have you? And I was like, I got to read this thing. So I, I enjoyed the first couple of trades, but I didn't read the whole thing. Right. Did you forget to, to carry on? Um, it didn't resonate with you? This was part of like what of, in my collecting habits, why I kind of got tired of modern Marvel is that I didn't 
I didn't want to buy weeklies because you just can't afford it after a while. So I said, I'm going to cherry pick the trades. And I found like even with things like Spider-Man, the trades are, are not worth the content that you're getting in it. You get like these four issues and it's like, is this how you're... Just give me the nine issues and charge me 25 bucks. Like, why are you charging yeah. me $19, $17 for the beginning prelude to a Spider-Man event? It was just, I couldn't, I just thought when they come out with a hardcover, when they come out with a collection, I'll read it in a nice fat edition, nice fat chunk, because I don't like my collecting options right now. And um, I dropped a bunch of stuff that for a while. So I was, I, with the Immortal Hulk, I said, I'll just probably buy this in Omnibus. Yeah. Point. Read the whole thing. I'd debate an omnibus. I'd consider it, but I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, people were singing its praises like it was the greatest thing to happen in comics in a while. Maybe it was because I haven't finished it. It was good, but I, I I definitely knew that the way that I was reading it in trades, I would not remember what happened last. Yeah. And I was always lost coming back into the new story arc. And I'm like, I, this seems good. I like the art. I like Joe Bennett, what's going on with with the art in it. I like the feel. I'm, I'm along for the ride. But I forgot what happened last time. And it would take away from that enjoyment. It, it's a one-sitting kind of series. I think because there is a flow and, and so many callbacks. Exactly. I'd forget that's why I find the idea of reading monthly comics. Though. I, I don't. I used to remember, but I don't remember anymore. Me neither. I, maybe I read too much, because there's time. There's things that I have read, and I'm like, did I actually read this the first time around? Because I, I remember bits. I remember moments. I remember a fight scene, or I remember like a really like I remember this, like in uh, Jason Aaron's Thor. I always remembered that his granddaughters were kind of funny. King Thor had granddaughters. In the future, I don't remember that. Maybe I didn't get that far. Oh, okay. Um, it's in the first Did twenty-five I? issues where where Odin's son is still worthy. But um, yeah, during the God Butcher, you, like you, you're introduced to them. It's so I, during the God Butcher. I read those first twenty-five issues. I can't remember. Yeah, you see what I mean. So like, I remembered things. I remembered things the God Butcher said or what some of his motivations were. But there was a lot of stuff from like, I don't remember this this is all brand new again to me and i'm like you should read the comics you bought more often than trying to find new things you haven't read because you don't remember what you've read as it is <laughs> i know that's, that's ridiculous um so here's the list of books sorry uh vision was one of them yeah i think that that was a good series that was definitely it was really was good really good um you mentioned infinity wars i don't think i would have recommended that no, it was terrible. But the Guardians of the Galaxy that follows it from Donny Cates, that I did like. I think I'm just so... I think I just heard Donny Cates' name as almost like this messiah to, to a point where I just couldn't stand yeah. the thought of him anymore. Yeah, that, that, that seems to be happening in these last couple of years where somebody kind of takes the reins of a company and everything they're writing it's just pure gold to everybody you know scott snyder went through it with when he was doing swamp thing and batman and his his uh he had that vertigo book i forgot what it was called it was american vampire was that him 
There was witches. Yeah. American Vampire. Yeah. And then something like We Have Demons or something he's doing now. Yeah. It goes through these phases where like this writer is just writing everything and he could do no wrong. So I get what you mean. But Donny Cates, I felt, from what I had read that he had worked on, I had like I'd read Silver Surfer Black. That was cool. And it and he made it all kind of work together. All the little things he was stopping in his Thor. Sorry, Danny. Are we I don't know if we're, Yeah, we're recording. Sure. It's all good. Oh yeah. Sorry. That's okay. No problem. We'll get a cough button for Dave. I need a cough button. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna uh, I'm gonna make time stamps for every time we get a cough in and I'll just edit nowhere to <laughs> um, so I, I'm interested in reading Donny Cates' Venom. See, I tried. No, I like Stegman's um, art. I found, I found it to almost be like it's aimed at a very teenage audience. Okay. So it's kind of it's all about. There seems to be this trend at the moment, and it's more about hitting the cool moments than it is about character. And it seems to be a lot of current writers do that. I think that was why I didn't like a lot of Hickman's stuff. I liked his earlier stuff. And then he sort of went in that direction. Cullen Bunn does the same. Um, I find Donny Cates does the same. It's this thing about this, the cool shocking thing or that, you know, Al Ewing does exactly the same. They're all doing it. So it's all about the cool shocking thing. And you can kind of progress the character in theory, but you're progressing almost what happens to them rather than their personality. So that like the characters don't have, there's no, I can't explain this very well. I I just find that like with him, it's just lacking. It's just all about the cool moments. And with that, it was like, okay, I'm sure this is cool. If you're 13 going, wow, he just punched that guy and he just ripped this dude's head off. Like I'm not, that interested in that moment i'm interested in what it means and the impact that has when do you think that changed for writers or for me um just i guess for you your experience with it because i was yeah go ahead i'll I'll express like i think it just comes with age i think because like i don't know if it's it's like with i don't i was reading a a brubaker's uh fatal yeah and there was a moment in that where there's a guy sacrificing babies. Holy shit. Yeah. And um, it's just one panel. And it just talks about how this thing happened and it was messed up. And you go like, because it's a cult thing. It's, it's right. about the cult of Cthulhu, I think. Um, I haven't read it in a while and I can't really remember it. But um, yeah, that moment, when I before I had kids, wouldn't have affected me. I would have just gone, mm-hmm, turn the page, carry on. Now it affects me differently because I have kids. Right. So my empathy is moved to a different place. Right. And I think, like, that's the thing, like, with tastes, as you get older, it does change because your life experience change and, like, you'll, you know, you'll experience certain things or certain triumphs and tragedies, essentially, isn't it? You know, it's like if you, if people make jokes about a certain thing when you're a kid, you go, like, that's shocking. And then you make a similar joke about someone and it could be, like, someone catching some horrible disease and you'll go I know someone that happened to you and that's not funny and I think that's kind of what happens and like what I then need to make myself feel entertained and happy 
is sometimes different. So like it'll be pure escapism. Sometimes I just need pure escapism because the job can be intense and the kids thing can be intense. And I just want to read something whimsical and stupid that day. Or I like to kind of think, it's like when I switched to DC and it felt like DC was more hopeful. I kind of needed that at that point in my life because I'd had kids. Right. Whereas Marvel always seems to be the next big build up to something dour at that period in time for them. That's true. Yeah. I didn't want that anymore. I didn't want it. And and I like the idea of hopefulness and, and upbeat characters and that, you know, that struggle and hope that things will be better is worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and that, that was, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, that is quite a big moment for me because I mean, you have kids. That's quite a big thing. Um, and it does change your outlook, or it can do. Can't speak for everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I can see I can see what you're saying. You explained yourself well. You said, "Oh, I can't really." You you did you did just fine, because it is it is one of those things that become like um, it's hard to pinpoint where you where you lost it or like what's changed or is it just me now getting to that point where, um, I guess that's what they used to call DC, right? Like your daddy's comics. Like, am I just now at that age of a, a middle aged guy who likes his childhood stuff more? Like it was better when I was young. Is that what it is, or is there uh-huh. something actually uh, artistically that is lacking, or that I don't like the progression of where they're going with the art or with the story? So I say that because I agree with you about character and and caring about the world they live in and all of these different things. But I feel like now the stories that are good. Like Vision, character-driven. Yes, that big, was very character-driven. Big, big moments. I also read Moon Knight from Jeff Lemire. Very character-driven. No, but, I did try that. And you weren't... You, you got to stick with it. Okay, I'll keep going. It's, it is one of... Because I, I know what you're going through. <laughs> I know what you're I know what you're going through. And you need to put your hand on my shoulder when you say that. I know what you're going through. <laughs> because when I read it, I'm kind of like... Whoa. What is this? What what is what is this? What what's going on? What's the story here? Has it begun? What is what are we fighting? Mm-hmm. And it's it is one of those things where it's very character driven. As is another recommendation would be Black Bolt, from Saladin Ahmed. I didn't read that. No, I, weirdly I was intrigued by it. Yeah, I'm getting his own series because I think like, how do you do that? You know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I would I would say give that a try. Because it's definitely um, all the choices in it are very artistic. They they were even just the art design. It's not just your typical panel to panel comic book art. It's it is atmospheric. It is painted stuff. There's like splashes of color. Sometimes figures are traced in the background in a way just for the shot. Like it's very artistic. And I know that sounds like well yeah it's a comic book, but it's something more that you could take a page out of the book and put it on a wall mm-hmm. as like a portrait or something in a wide frame. Like, what is that? Like, what? Who? which artist did that? It's one of those. Who was the artist? Let me grab my book. Was it C. Ward? Was, was it Christian Ward? Yes, Christian Ward. Ah, uh, yeah, because his stuff is, yeah. Like yeah, as, as you could see, uh, people listening can't see the cover, but you can see the cover, and yeah. it's very much, it's very like look at this. This is the end of the first arc. Like look at that oh, page. Wow. 
Yeah, right. Okay. No, that is very that's very much his style because he's done another thing called Invisible Kingdom, okay. which um, Dark Horse are releasing uh, in library format at the end of the year. And I've done what it's G Willow Wilson and him. Oh, okay. I was thinking like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and I like that it's a very intense artistic style. Yeah, he's he, English, I think. Is he? I think he is. You should reach out to him. Get him on the show. <laughs> no harm in trying. Um, yeah, that appeals to me. I'll give that a go. Yeah, and I, it? twelve issues. Twelve issues, and I feel like like Moon Knight was fourteen issues. Black uh, Black Bolt was twelve. Vision was twelve. Um, they're all these short, sort of like character driven put a microscope on them and dig away at the at the ego if you will right like let's yeah. get into that character and go to some weird psychedelic places in a lot of ways like all three of those are very trippy very trippy books and those are the ones yeah, that are. i feel have been the the we'll make a show about it like they did wandavision they did moon knights very much based off of off of what jeff lemire kind of put in place and I don't know what they're going to do with Black Bolt, but again, it's kind of like one of those one of those books. Another one that I would recommend is I don't know if the title was Always an Invader, but it was The Invader's Book by Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what it was called. I did hear about that. See, his stuff I'll try out. Anything that he did Anything that he did in that time post Secret Wars worthwhile so far for me did you read Howard the Duck I didn't read Howard the Duck but I did read the Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man oh yeah I read the first storyline and then forgot damn it it's it's uh he he has a, an issue in that run that is uh really really cool really is it cool. him and Jonah yeah okay I did read that one what did you think I can't remember I think I I think I thought it was okay but I think it was building it felt like it was building to something and yeah. then I thought no that's cool I'll keep going and then I think I was just caught up reading other stuff so and plus I was still in my I don't really want to read Marvel yeah he, he I think he did 15 16 issues of it it's just a oh, nice little tight longer. yeah just a nice little tight run of Spider-Man oh. that he he was I don't know who picked up the book after that but if they put that in a nice collection, it's worthwhile. Definitely, they need to do that. Like DC do these really nice deluxe editions. That so you sometimes annoyingly they release the deluxe edition first, then they release that content in an omnibus afterwards. You go like you bastards. Um, but they do just that little chunk of storyline if that's all you want. And Marvel don't seem to be doing it as much anymore. It's like I thought they could have done that with Beat Ray Bill, Danny Warren Johnson. Yeah, they put it. And they in just the, did it as a trade. Yeah, they just did it as a trade. Yeah. It's like that's getting loads of points. Read that. Whack it in a deluxe. Yeah. You know. For sure. But they seem to have stopped, and I don't know why. I don't know if they need a certain page count in order to do something like that. I did like the deluxe editions of um, that Marvel was putting out to collect. You know, twelve issues at a time for the, the current series that they had. Those were nice. Hawkeye. From Lemire and uh, Ramon Perez, that was a nice little continuation of the Fraction run. If you like the Fraction run, it may be worth checking out because I mean, both creators are 
can't go wrong with Lemire at least trying it out. Yeah, no, I, I think it's one of those things as well that where I'd do it. Well, I could do it on Unlimited, but I want an, I want an Omnibus or, yeah. or a Deluxe or something. Yeah. I'm, maybe I missed that. They numbered it number like number three on the spine with those hardcovers. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but it's the one that t- the series that takes place immediately after the Fraction run. So I feel like it kind of exists all together. Maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, I was having a tough time thinking of really worthwhile runs other than things like Thor. Stick with that; that's worth it. Um, and the characters you like, you know, if you like Spider-Man. Give Spider-Man a try into the clone conspiracy. I don't know if you did already. No. I'm, I'm, I don't know. It feels like they need to collect up the slot stuff. Yeah. Omnibus it. Because I'm, that's where Omnibus is the best format. Yeah. So they need to do that. And if that continues past that normal cutoff for me, I'd probably do it. I'd probably pick it up. How many, how many do you think it would be to contain all of... Would it be four? <clears throat> like a Peter David? It might be more. Yeah, because he it starts might. his run during like brand new day, like he's in and out, in and out, right during that time. Yeah. So I don't, I, I that could just be the brand new day omnibus, to be quite honest. And then you've actually he did he did a little mini series of Spider Man: The Human Torch, which was a yeah. retro as well. So there's always little extra bits he did. Yeah. There's a companion omnibus. There you go. Hey. Yeah. That's what we like. I think you got big time. I don't know how many issues. Are. Those are four big trades, and you got they Superior. Need to do big time. Yeah, you got Superior, which is its own thing. That's mm-hmm. an omnibus with a, with a companion. With a, <laughs> then you got the the Spider Verse era, I guess, when Peter Parker comes back, which is pretty significant. Spider Verse was brilliant. The rest of the issues I didn't like because that's up when to it, it. that was when it started to really. That's I think that was the other thing as well. It felt like Marvel had told their best stories. Yeah. With these characters. Yeah. Not all the characters, but the big characters. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to see Peter Parker fall again because, I mean, I may, I may have mentioned this before, but I think my issue with that just before Secret Wars era is that Dr. Octopus had built him up and he had a career and he had this thing and he had employees. And then because he was so, he was selfishly being Spider Man and not putting his employee, that's a lot of people whose livelihoods depend on him, his business collapsed. That where's the responsibility? Yeah. It doesn't work for me. And that was that's the problem. It's like you need to cut some of this off. Let some characters have their ending. Secret Wars to me was a good chance to end things. And that was why like when I picked up stuff like Vision, it's because well he's only had a couple of minis before. Yeah. That's Let's true. see what they're going to do. And that appeals to me more. Like standalone stories appeal to me more. In a lot of ways, though, I'm, I'm actually... Funny you mentioned it. Or I mentioned it. I'm that You can't tell, but this is the Secret Wars hardcover. Is it? Yeah, it's like uh, just the Doom's face. Anyways. Oh, it is. I had that. Yeah. I threw it across the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rereading it again for the first time. Um, just to see... After I read Fantastic Four Omnibus, and I'm I've been reading, been doing a lot of like these hardcover, quick twelve issues Marvel sets. So I did the first nineteen issues of Miss Marvel, reread that, and that ends cool. at Secret War, Secret Wars, right? Does it? It ends with her and Bruno sitting on a yes. rooftop, like saying, "This is the end." 
Yeah. Whoa, that's that's quite the ending of a series. And then you yeah. know, it goes into that, and uh, you know I've read Time Runs Out from Avengers, so I'm like, I've never read some of the even with Thor. Right now I'm in that timeline of Thor uh, just before issue eight of the when Lady Thor takes over or mm-hmm. Jane Foster spoilers. And there's the Thor miniseries from Battleworld, right? So I'm yeah. All my reading is kind of lining up a little bit. So I'm like, let me read Secret Wars as the as I'm at this junction point and and think about what I would recommend to Dave to read and I was like it really is an end of an era yeah and what comes after isn't all that great in my opinion I don't think I don't think Marvel since the movies really really took off post secret wars the comics they're kind of inconsequential at this point empire well, okay yeah, Secret there was Empire. The Whisper Empire, and I thought about. I'm I'm intrigued by the Secret Empire stuff, um, because it was so hated. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I want to give this a go. And I was reading that Captain America. I I read the first four trades of it. I read Black Panther. I read quite a few titles, and I'm like, I wouldn't recommend any of them. Oh God. At this point, but Chip Zdarsky, and um. I'm going to give more of a chance to Donny Cates stuff when it's okay. collected a little bit better. Just because I feel like he had a, a plan and a lot of it connects nicely. Like when I was reading yeah. Absolute Carnage or when I was reading the um, the Silver Surfer Black with Tradmore art. Just for the art itself in that, it's, it's quite nice. And then he had this whole sort of tapestry working together and he brings it all puts it all together in a way and I'd like to see how it flushed out yeah that was partly what drew me to try and Benham yeah you know, I'd actually written this colossal reading order which tied all these bits together and I was going to dip in and out and read it all so it was all in order and I got three issues into Venom and just went it's taking the piss I'm going I'm not interested and that's um, fair though That honestly that's fair because again I think I've heard a lot of people say it. Oh, oh, oh. I have to recommend this. And this one is a must-own. Black Widow. Wade Insomni. Oh. Again, 12 issues. Another 12-issue set where you... It's Mark Wade. It's Mark Wade. Mark Wade. Mark Wade on Marvel. I think I think Mark Wade's... I think he knows his DC better, but I think he's better at Marvel. That's true. I think you're right. Yeah. I do. I think I think he loves his DC characters, and he knows yeah. it really well. But I think, for some reason, inspiration comes out of him working on like he did. I remember him saying that when he got the job for Fantastic Four, he didn't really know the Fantastic Four that well. So the challenge of it was appealing to him. That's it, isn't it? It's like someone was saying it might have been on Google the other week. Why do you prefer the DC films? And not the Marvel films, or at least not all the DC films. A lot of them shit. Um, but like, I really liked Peacemaker, and I really liked James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Yes, I actually really like the first Wonder Woman. Yes, I do um, too. But I don't have that preciousness about them, and I think because there are so many interpretations of DC characters. Yeah. As well, and that's what I've seen more of than the comics. So I, I didn't read as many because you know, I'd grown up on the Superman film, the Batman cartoon. Um, I, can't, I wasn't that familiar with many of the characters. That's the point. Um, 
So I wasn't that precious. And actually, I think that really helps. Whereas with Marvel, like when they introduced Jimmy Woo, it pissed me off because I care about Jimmy Woo, even though he's so small. Most <laughs> people won't have even heard of him. He did read the comics. Right, right, right. But he's the stuff that he's in, I really, really like. Right. So I'm precious about it. So when, yeah, I get it. it. Because people are like, oh, you're one of those people, like, oh, you read the comics, that's why you care. And it's like, well, the character matters because of what they did with him in the comics. Like, I remember the the thing that really bothered me, like, I, it was for me kind of unforgivable when I watched BVS, is that they killed Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Who was Jimmy Olsen in that? Was exactly. Was quite well known. Exactly. And it was like, gone. gone. It's like, you don't kill Jimmy Olsen. So I, I'm not saying he's like, no character is untouchable, but in the S- Superman. But Jimmy Olsen is. Like, at least let, let his death mean something. Yeah. Like, that's supposed to be Superman's best friend. Always has been. They shouldn't have called him Jimmy Olsen. I, I remember feeling kind of put out by that. Yeah, and I think they were I trying didn't to make that connection, but I still thought. Eh. I think they were trying to make the girl who worked in the office the Jimmy Olsen. They called her Jenny. And I think she I was supposed to. Yeah, exactly. You forget it. It you don't care. <laughs> right. She was in Man of Steel. She was a girl in the office that was running on the streets with Lawrence Fishburne and Lois. Anyways, there's certain characters that you gotta honor. Yeah. Right and and I guess it's like well don't be so precious and and it's true sometimes you gotta let it go but we know why these things are getting the light of day. It doesn't surprise me that WandaVision looked like the Vision book. Yeah. Right. It didn't surprise me when I'm reading Moon Knight, and then I go and watch the television. So I'm like, yeah, they basically took bits out of the book. I know why they would go this route because it's, source material is good. People are kind of making this strange, direct connection with things that are kind of going. So they made House of M. Like, well, no, they haven't. They haven't. They've assembled bits from things, which I think they've often done well. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't work directly. I but thought it's funny. I thought that the Civil War adaptation was really well done in that universe, taking a story yeah. like to it. That was a tough task. And yeah. I really like that film though. That, yeah, the second and third Captain Americas was so good. Excellent. Those are my favorite of the whole Marvel universe. Those they're probably they're probably my favorite. I was well. I went on a limb early, and I said I think Winter Soldier might be better than Dark Knight. And people were like, "What? How could you say that? It's Dark Knight." And even my wife was like, oh, "I don't know about that," because she loves Dark Knight. And I said, "Well." There are two movies where when they're on, I'll just let them play and I'll tune in and I'll watch scenes and I enjoy it. But Winter Soldier was a film for me. I said this before, but it, like, it makes the first Captain America better as a movie. Like it, it, what it yeah. builds, what, what you get from this movie is like, oh, now that relationship means more uh-huh. there. Like I watch it yeah. with a different eye. And I like when a sequel can do that doesn't happen often no it's funny because I, I think as a trilogy it works but i don't know if it's just the same it doesn't work as a complete standalone that's why when people are going like shared universe shared universe about everything 
Um, it's getting a little tiring. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm at the point now where it's like uh, I like it. It's fun for but I want to watch Miss Marvel because I like the character. My wife's like, I'm marveled out. I need a break. Really? Yeah. She goes, I need a break. She goes, not that it's not good. It's not that it. I don't like it. I just need a little breather. I, and I she totally goes, get that. She goes, I'll wait until the whole series is done and out, and there's however many episodes in them. I'll give it a chance then. Like, why do I got to watch when everybody else is watching? I'm like, all right, you're right. You're the real cool chick. Okay. You do. You go to the beat of your own drum. And every day I'm like, you want to watch Miss Marvel? She's like, I told you. I'm marveled out. I'm like, fine. But, yeah. It's getting to a point, though. It's getting to a point where I think people are, are starting to be like, I can't. I, do I, what else do I have to watch? And I think the, the chore of having to watch this to get this to get that is going to make it all fall apart. Yeah, it's it's almost like they they learn from the comics really well at the start, and now they have they they, they haven't learned the full story. It's almost like we've hit the nineties. Yeah, exactly. And there's some good stuff there. It's not all there's shit. Good stuff there, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it's making. Go back and check the previous episode. Yeah, <laughs> but you're but you're making you're making it too much of a chore. Like I gotta buy X Force and X Factor and X Men. And the Uncanny Avengers for one story. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's That's why I really resented having to buy Excalibur after um, Alan Davis left. Oh, they Because it that... was shit. Like, up to issues... When did he finish? 66-ish, I think. And he had to carry on buying it. Because it tied into everything. Yeah. Like, just stop it. Leave me alone. Make those things happen in a good series, and now they're kind of doing it with this, and it feels like you've got, if, you know, you might be missing out on something. What if I watch the series and that character is one of the Avengers? Who are they going to make? Because like this is the thing, everyone's speculating as, really as to who is going to be in the Avengers. It might be none of them. I hope so. I hope it's none of them. No, really, like I don't want it to be so obvious. Like I want to actually feel a little surprised. Maybe I'm I'm a fool to think that at the end of Infinity War. It wasn't going to end like that. But I was like, oh, oh, how did they come back from that? That's interesting. Uh-huh. Like that at least made me like, I want to see what happens next. It was a good, it, it ended the way a cliffhanger should end. Kind of honoring like, oh, he did do that. Like they did the snap. Like that's cool. Now we're going to actually see a world where the snap happened. That's neat. Yeah. But then it once you get back from that, it's also like, it's kind of weird to always refer to it as the blip and this five-year gap. And it's like, what year are you guys in? Like, This is just weird now. You know what I mean? We're going too far. Are they not moved past that? I, can't even, I suppose some stories are still coming out of it, aren't they? I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, forget, I'm forgetting. I'm starting to forget. I haven't rewatched the only Marvel movie post-Endgame. Uh, that I think I've rewatched is Spider-Man movies. Those are the only ones that I've like the No Way Home I watched again, but I haven't seen Eternals a second time. Shang-Chi, no, not really. I haven't been like, "Oh, it's out. Let's watch it now." I'm good. It's very weird. So I, I really like rewatching Guardians of the Galaxy the first one. Yes. That's... I was disappointed when I watched it the second time because I laughed a few times in the cinema and I watched it again the second time just going 
oh, they could have done this so much better. Uh, Ragnarok I've watched again. I don't want to... I, I kind of feel like it should have ended with Infinity, uh, with Endgame, even though I didn't really like Endgame. Um, it felt too fan servicey for me. And like that bit with where all the female characters are together and they saunter towards the camera like oh don't thumbs down it's just so obviously what's, cheesy what's funny is when you hear people comic creators try to defend it and be like wow that was such an important thing and it's like save it it was cheesy it was cheesy it was unnecessary there's already they could have done it well they could have done it well if they really wanted to, did, but, but they didn't. Wh- but what did you even have to do it for? Like, it would have always been so obvious. Like, there's kick-ass female characters there. We know them. We know all their names. That in itself is cool. Like, you have Even if they'd had it so that the camera panned around them where they're all kind of fighting close together. That would have been cooler. Fighting alongside, right? Instead, they went for, like, the, the makeup ad moment with Blue Steel. And then, like, pouting and then walking towards it, like, what? What is everyone around is fighting, right? And they're all going, ooh, checkmate. It's just that shit. Yeah. That's a shit thing to do. Yeah. There's no way to excuse it. It's bad filmmaking. Yeah. Well, they needed it. And that's the thing is that you you needed to do it so that when we talk about it on an audio format, people can visualize the moment. Like, that's how obvious you had to make it be. And when that's the case, it's like, ugh. <laughs> I like the movie though. I did enjoy the movie um, because uh, I, I I think it's the Back to the Future fan in me. They they do the because, time travel thing, but they also go into the first movie the way Back to the Future Two does, and I always kind of yeah. like that sort of thing. It's fun for me, but definitely if you want to pick at it, there'll be some things. Where it's like, ah, maybe, maybe you should have just left well enough alone. Let let it be. Get your shit together and move on. I think the the problem for me as well was like killing Iron Man twice in two films. Mm. They should have not done that in the first one and done it in the second one. Because then you get speared in, in Infinity War. Infinity War. So it was like a fake out death moment for him. I don't remember. Oh yes, 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 yes. Up when he's because I'm trying to remember where he was during Infinity War. Yes, you're right. And then they do it, and it, so like when they did it the second time in Endgame, I was watching it going, "Okay, they'll undo this as well." Or they haven't, and it, for me, it took it away. It took away from it because hmm. I was just waiting for them to undo it. Like, well, no, it should be a shock moment. Well, you already did it in the last one. I'd be so interested to hear your take on No Way Home. Because I, I, you're a Spider-Man oh, fan. <laughs> Have you seen it? Should we do a, like a, a live watch through? <laughs> that would be really fun to see your reaction. Because I feel you'd be going into it the way my wife went into the Batman. Like ready to hate it. And I feel you'd be going into this like, alright, let's let's shit on this movie. Let me, let me, tell, let me ruin it for you. Do you know the heartbreaking thing of it was that because I liked the first one and I did like it, I didn't love it, but I, I really liked it. Which one's that? The Tobey Maguire? To Homecoming. Oh, Homecoming. Yep. Yeah. Um, I thought the time was right. It was a fun film, and that's the thing. Like, it's good. It's not outstanding. There are so many other films I'd rather watch. You know, 
But the second one, I was kind of thinking, okay, first one was good. I like their ethos behind putting him through things that we've never seen him do on film before. And there's so much they can pick and choose from. Let's make him, let's take him out of his environment completely. So there's no struggle. We'll give him too much technology. And we'll give him the means to kind of wipe out a race, potentially, by a whole country with a pair of glasses. What? The, have you read any Spider-Man comics? Yeah. I was so disappointed. I had really high hopes, and I, I was so disappointed. But Mysterio was awesome. Yeah. It's it's that funny um, situation of... You know that the relationship between Peter and Iron Man in the comics is a thing. Like, there is things to build off of there. And you know that there are also things to build off of with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Like, there's an, there are two characters where you're like, why is... You know, Robert Downey Jr., the Uncle Ben for this Spider-Man. Like, it's annoying. Why is he so tied to Iron Man? And you're like, well, he did make armor for him, and he did live in Avengers Mansion. All that stuff is there, right? Yeah. But I always feel like that's the one hang-up with this this version of Spider-Man, is that it has to tie in with Iron Man so much, and it's like, uh... It is there, but that shouldn't be such... uh, shouldn't be so much it's not standing alone no enough and actually the thing i think they could have done more because i kind of i didn't didn't like how they brought him in tying him in with iron man but they made it work and then because he's not around anymore that was the perfect then really you take away all the iron man stuff and then you have him struggle he should be struggling that's the character you know not let's see him on a field trip taking his trousers off in front of a, a German lady or whatever it was yeah um, like, what what am I watching it was definitely this isn't Spider-Man it, you know what it was like I don't know if this is a really weird comparison but it was kind of like the Super Mario Brothers 2 of Spider-Man movies you ever play Super Mario Brothers 2 yeah it's the one that it's like this isn't Super Mario but it's it stands out because you're just like there isn't another one like it. All the other ones are in New York City. Uh, this I, one, I at love least... Super Mario Brothers too. Me too. So it, I love it. I'm happy that you. I, I'm happy that we like something at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I I do too. <laughs> yeah, man. Super Mario Brothers Two is great. Even though it wasn't meant to be a Super Mario Brothers game, I love it. Really. Yeah, I think that's why it's so different because it was a different game on the Japanese like version of Nintendo. It was different uh, character designs. So I think with this, they just when they brought it to North America to release a Super Mario Brothers sequel, they just took that game and changed the skins on the. I didn't know that. Yeah, they made it work because he never takes potion again. He never, you know. No, it's not like. Yeah. No, the digging, the, the you know, all of those different features of what you do in this game, you don't do in any other Super Mario game again. No. God, I love that game. So I played that game. I played two more than any other Mario game. Me too. Me too. That's so <laughs> weird. I love Apart it. maybe Mario Kart. Yeah. I'm I don't like, know. One or the other. Mario, Mario Kart on Nintendo 64 was really good. I never had it on Nintendo 64. No, just... I see, I skipped. I went from SNES. (laughs) SNES, I like that. 
to the we. Wow. Yeah, big gap. (laughs) Is that what you guys call it there? SNES? Yeah, what do you call it? Maybe people call it SNES? I think so. I always remember SNES. Yeah. NES was definitely... Would you call it NES for Nintendo? I guess. I didn't have one, so I don't know. Oh, that's hilarious. On the NES. The, the yeah, it was a snares, and I never thought about it because, like, I'd say to people, "Yeah, we had a snares," and they go, "Like, all right." So I guess everyone else calls it that. Never what? occurred to me. So we've got bangs, and we've got the snares. Yeah. Well, fringe and snares. It's funny, the other day, um, after I think we did our Instagram Live, and you brought up the difference between fringe and, and bangs, my wife had come from the hairdresser, and she was in the mirror like, I don't know if I like my bangs. I'm like, you mean the fringe that you got? <laughs> <laughs> she just looked at me, because she, she was watching it, I think, at the salon, and she just looked at me with like, a, she's like you dorks. Get she was watching nose. it? Oh, oh yeah, God. she was one of the people watching it. She's a she's a good supporter. I have to say that she'll always have my back for even ridiculous things. She won't. Maybe oh, she's cool. It is. I'm very lucky that way. Big shout out to Daft J. Um. So yeah, those are those are the things I was thinking of recommending. It was like five, Thanks. six, five. Snares. Um. The Marvel <laughs> books and a good set of fringes. Make sure your fringes are are your fringe game is correct. <laughs> But yeah, those are the the Marvel post Secret Wars. I th- all new, all different. It definitely felt all different. Did it? Looking back, I mean, I was just happy to be reading comics and finding stuff for you know. Sometimes I find good collections like, ooh, that's a nice hardcover for a good deal. I'm gonna read it. And I was always excited to uh, catch up on something that was considered a good book at the time. But it just it just started to feel inconsequential. Like, it didn't matter. Like, what are they going to do on this run that counts? They're just going to have the run happen, cancel it, restart it at number one. Mm-hmm. And then this event occurs and it's ruining this story now because they have to tie in with Civil War Two, which sucks, right? <laughs> I wasn't reading it. It was just, the, just how it was affecting the stories you were into. It's like, I have to now be involved in that storyline. And every time I'm introduced to it, I'm not interested to read the main one. And the it was it was so backlogged as far as its release that the next universe continued on post the story without the event being finished. Do you know what I mean? What? So like during the month that all the characters were involved in the Civil War too. Yeah. And you know, monthly you're going along with the story, once you hit a point where Civil War is is late 
Civil War Two oh, is late, right? So they backed up like how many issues we're we're waiting for, and the regular universe has to continue. Uh-huh. And you kind of know what's going on without even that book coming out, and it's like, ah, this sucks. You ruin you ruin my experience with like something like Spider Woman, another good book. That was a good what's one. That? The hopeless series. Who, yeah. who was writing that? Yeah, Dennis Hopeless. Very good series. I'd recommend that. Fifteen issues, but you get the Civil War two interruption. All right, you get it's a. Weird I loved all that stuff. I love crossovers. Yeah. That's why I made the website. Right. But now I don't, and it's it's such a, a massive shift. Because like um, two books I have bought mm-hmm. that are post-Secret Wars, but not read yet. Doctor Strange. Which one? Jason Aaron. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I think um, but I think that falls into a crossover bit at some point. Probably. Does it? Or is that just after? I'm not sure. And Daredevil. Because I don't think I'm going to ever stop reading Daredevil. Charles Sewell? Charles Sewell. And even if it's not good, I'll carry on with the Zardsky I heard the, stuff. I heard the uh, Adam Chapman was... I asked him about it because I was almost going to click buy for the Sewell. I'm like, it's Daredevil uh-huh. and, and it's Charles Sewell. He's he's solid. He said it's good. The the his run was good, but it's not as good as what came before or what comes after. So that's good praise for the Zadarsky stuff. Yeah, but I am very curious on what and what's cool about Charles Sewell is that he's a lawyer too. Yeah. So he was he oh, he he tackled um, She Hulk, and then he went on Daredevil, and it's like ah, oh, perfect. So it was very interesting to see a guy who knows what he's writing go all in right but i haven't yeah. read i haven't read his daredevil i still haven't it sat there on the shelf at some point i'll get to it yeah so that's the thing there's been bits that have come out and they've released omnis they're getting really good at releasing those events in omnis but i don't i don't want any of them it's not what i want now why did you go with you the know? war of the realms uh because of thought i wasn't sure how much was going to be included in the jason aaron thor uh, omnibus 2 because we we still don't know what's going to be in it yet right so I thought, like, I'm going to get it for completeness, and if I find I don't need it or don't like it, I just get rid of it. Yeah, and I think that's what I I was um, interested in the the Venom Omnibus by Cates and Stegman because it has the two events that he built up in those throughout the Marvel universe. They're in there, so it kind of feels like here's the complete sort of read of all of this. You won't have to buy the event Omnibus to appreciate whatever happened you could if you want but you don't have to it's all here i'm like okay that might be you might get the full picture with the venom series and the events in it because i did read absolute carnage and it was it was a good ride it was fun was it but i like stegman art like i'm kind of a sucker for ryan stegman Stegman he's the right guy for spider-man universe he should always yeah. be working in the Spider Verse of some kind because he just does those characters perfect. Yeah, he's he's got the perfect style for that. I'd love to Definitely. see him long term on a Spider Man, straight Spider Man. He what are the odds? Should be good because he's done enough of it. He Would did you buy the. It, uh, I don't know. It depends who the writer is, but I did read his um, when him and Conway did the Renew Your Vow stuff. That was nice. That was Conway. Yeah. Well, 
Dan Slott wrote the first miniseries that took place during Secret Wars, right? The Battle uh-huh. World stuff. And then when it continued on, I think the first nine or 12 issues are Conway and Stegman. I didn't realize, because that's when I dropped it. I didn't realize that was Conway doing that. It's fine. I, I don't even know who I thought was doing it. Definitely for the art. Oh, speaking of Conway, Carnage, his Carnage series. The, that's post Secret Wars. What the kind of horror series? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Really? I actually read it in preparation for an interview with him because it was something that he had kind of recently worked on. It was good. It was good. I recommend it. Okay. And because it's it's somebody doing something. I mean, Carnage is a horror character, but they really took it to the genre. Like, he made it the genre of the story. Yeah, it was nice. It's got a little... It's probably... It... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was purely going to say, it's, it's probably a good way to do it, because you're essentially making the villain the main character. Yes. It's... So it makes sense to do it as almost a horror story. Yeah, and it's and it's like, uh, if I remember it correctly, it was like um, a squad that was going to try to stop him like they were going to fight him and it was it's, it's Vicky Montessai isn't it what's that it's Victoria Montessai I don't remember I don't remember so she was from the Dark Hold series from the 90s the, the Midnight Suns title okay I don't remember I, I okay. remember that I liked it and I remember that uh, I'm pretty sure Eddie Brock Venom is on this team as well as um, Jonah's son Oh, what's Black, um, Flash, John, John yes, Jameson. John Jameson. They're all part of this little group that is going to investigate or stop this carnage thing from from coming back. But it's it, I'm I'm not selling it right. My elevator pitch for it is really bad. But it was a fun <laughs> book. It really was. Well, so. you looked like you really meant it. So I'm going on that. Yeah, because it, it, again, it's not something that was affected by anything else happening. He was just able to tell his story and and do something unique. And you you saw, like, he's still got the writing chops. Because the the Spider-Man stuff that he did with the Renew Your Vows era with Stegman was really nice to look at. And the story was fun and cute, but it wasn't going to change anything in the Jerry Conway, like, pantheon of, like, it's not going to usurp anything he's done. Yeah. Right? But if you like Spider-Man and that sort of feel, it's good, too. Okay. But Carnage, okay. yeah, Carnage is uh, definitely up there. But again, so all these go- character-based, Black Bolt, Carnage, Vision, Moon Knight, it's all that sort of like 12 issues, tell the story about this, it's character studies. That's why I was going to pick up Kang, because I love Kang. I love Kang. Yeah. Don't <laughs> underestimate my love of Kang. I love Kang. <laughs> <laughs> we believed you the first time, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the Avengers got some cool villains. When you think of, like, who is the one you should be in, scared of the most, they got some good ones. Yeah. With, Who's your favorite? Man, I love Thanos, but I love Thanos as a character. I don't even, I just look at him as the, the villain of the Marvel Universe in a way, but... Yeah. You got Kang. Kang and Mortis are essentially the same thing. Ultron... Man, who else is there? I said they got these great villains, and I can't name any of them now. Masters of Evil. Yeah. 
um, Makano Marauder. <laughs> um, I'm having a blank. Um, <laughs> right? It, it, but it's so like it's so stupid. <coughs> but all I did Sorry. was draw a blank. I don't know. Um, oh, we got Korvac. Oh, yeah, I don't really like Korvac though. He's a he's a man with a one legged table for <laughs> the bottom half of his body. Like uh, what? Who else is? I mean, there's plenty. There's Death, Red Skull. I mean, this is the other thing too with the Avengers is that a lot of times the the um, villain of a particular character also becomes a villain of the team. Yeah. So you kind of forget Doctor Doom is also a Mandarin, villain. Of, yeah. Team. Red Skull has been. Exactly. Exactly. And and like when I think of uh, Uncanny Avengers, like Apocalypse essentially was a villain. Yeah. Right. The Apocalypse Twins, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, that was a yeah. good series too. Ah, oh. I nearly picked that up when they re-released it, and I didn't because it ends in. You need to pick up. What Axis. was it called? Axis. Axis, and I didn't like Axis. I heard nothing but bad things about it. Yeah, it wasn't good. I I don't I I guess I guess it's just the industry, right? The thing about the big two, you have to have events. Everything's built around events. So we have tie-ins, and people pick up this book, crossover, this that. But I think it kind of kills the creativity. It kills the storytelling. At some point, I think they need to change. Weirdly, like from what we've been talking about, picking up those smaller events, those smaller stories, and you jump across and you look at what DC are doing. Again, the stuff I'm picking up by them are the smaller stories, the one-shot hardcovers, because the, there's that um, Aquaman Andromeda that's coming up, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I think that's Christian Ward as well, unless I'm mistaken. Hmm. Ram, Ram V and Christian Ward. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, and that's done in one. And maybe maybe it's time they both let go, stop doing big crossovers, just did some... You know, when there's a story to tell, tell the story you don't need to have an ongoing title of any character because yeah. like the, the amount of bitching I hear about the Avengers at the moment it's like okay if it's really that bad okay for once stop buying it because you're clearly still reading it um, you know but with your wallet stop um, and then just let people tell a story when there is a story to be told yeah I think we are I, I don't know if it was always like this or I was maybe too young to pay attention but now more than ever, I think we are interested in who's cast on the books to tell the story. Like, I'll buy anything Daniel Warren Johnson does. Yeah, likewise. Are you going to get uh, Jurassic League? Is he is he doing that book? He, he's writing it, but he's not drawing it, apparently. Yeah. If it's him, I'll get it. I won't I buy... I saw it. that. Yeah. I rolled my eyes. Yeah. Right? It's like, really, why? And then I heard he was on it. I was like, no, I'm getting that. Yeah, I'll get it off the strength of his name and his and and the art. I didn't think it was him, but now I I'm excited that he's writing something that kind of looked in his style. Yeah. But anything he works on, like Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, I I love Beta Ray Bill, so I'm, I was so excited he was doing that. I'll buy anything he does. I don't care. I'll, I'll yeah. I've never read Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Everyone loves it. Don't care to read it, but if he works on it, I'll buy it. I didn't like the art on that. I tried a few issues, but I didn't inhale. Yeah. And so I feel now, it's, I think we're at a point where we're interested in people whose art and writing style we like to see what they will, would do with the character. 
think that's where we're kind of at. And give them 12 issues. Let them tell the story. If you look at how they're doing it with the films yep. and the TV series, that's yep. the same model. So maybe they need to adapt. If they're going to basically tweak their history constantly to a point where it might as well be the films, why don't they learn from that model as well? Why don't they stop trying to do a never-ending story? <laughs> I can't break in a song. Cause yeah, I can't. yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, I'd go for it. La la um, la 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 la! I gotta continue the song. Should we do it? Yeah, they could use the same model. Just like, okay, we're going to release a She-Hulk series now, and that you know, it's kind of standalone and it's done. But it does feed into other stuff that happens later, and it's going to be referenced. But it's not necessarily a case of having to pick up every goddamn title they release. Yeah, I in know. a month, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's not. It's not. It was fun once. It's once, not fun anymore. When they were a dollar, now it's six dollars yeah. a comic, and it's yeah. and you can finish it in five minutes. Yeah. Right. Especially if Jeff Lowe it. <laughs> so. <laughs> What are we going to do for our next top five? I think it should be not related to Marvel and DC. Works for me. I've been thinking about that in much the same vein, but I don't. I haven't settled on anything. A part, a part of me wanted to do stories uh, like independent titles. Yeah. Stories with independent titles that they need to collect but haven't, and it might be that never read it you know never read it but you really want to collect it because they're the only single issues or they need to put in like a hard there's single issues there's no oh, that would be hard for me to list because i don't know anything oh, that, really like that would be like they haven't collected that before i don't know anything like that i always feel now with the image and the and the dark horse things that they're planning for the trades like it's part of the planning of the book like we got five issues and the trade's going to come out the next week they're pretty good with that yeah they are They'll get really good. I mean, the thing is, like, like Dark Horse are brilliant with these um, library editions as well. Yeah. Because like, they're doing the Madman stuff in library editions. That's the whole lot. And I've always really wanted everything. I've never read Madman, but I want everything. Yeah, I've never read it either. When you said Madman, when you said Madman, I'm like, the television show has a comic. I'm like, you idiot, Madman, the comic book character. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> No, they are making some really nice collections of things. Like, oh, I was hoping they would do more, um, like a compendium of Astro City. Yeah, me too. Because <coughs> there's a there's a lot to collect, but I think you could collect it all in about two compendiums. I don't like being in for ten volumes of something. No, have you seen what they're doing with, like with Spawn? No. They're still releasing Spawn Origins because obviously called it Spawn Origins at the start with six issues in a book, right? And they're up to like volume twenty three. Like, why? Yeah, and that's why I like the um, whether it was the hardback or I don't like saying hardback the hard covers of in, Invin, uh, Invincible. I was gonna say uh, Invisible, but I had that you could get them in twelve, or you could get the three compendiums. Yeah. And, and it's a nice, good-looking set, whichever way you went with it. Yeah. A, but having 25, 30 small trades of Invincible on my... No, uh, thank you. No, yeah. That's, it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. For some reason. Even it's probably more of a pain in the ass to carry one of those books around. <laughs> yeah, bring a compendium with you on a plane. 
Should we do a what if we did a compendiums thing? Could we could we do something where we're talking about uh, top five compendiums? I don't know if I have five. <laughs> do we need to take this conversation off? Yeah, offline. We're gonna we're, let's. Let's do let's do something not Marvel and DC related. That's all we'll say for anybody who's listening to the Speakeasy episodes. And you enjoy them. Our next one, we'll we're gonna steer away from the big two. Good. We're gonna make the Omniverse explode, <laughs> right? That's why I thought that was a sinister laugh. Yeah. All Sorry. right. Sounds good, my friend Dave. Cool. Thank you so much. It's always uh, it's always nice to end a midweek hump day with a good conversation with a friend. Yay. Likewise. Cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Make sure you follow the Omniverse Comics Guide uh, Instagram page. Check out the website and the Cave of Solitude uh, podcast rate and review it. We are a team. It is official. So check us out on both, both outlets, platforms, whatever you want to call it. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> well, that was my sound pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>